Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, as always. Blender HD on Twitter. And uh, this is the show where we go over a little bit of uh, yesterday's slate. It was a big one. It was a big one with the late night hammer that went. Well, didn't even exist the late night hammer. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about a little bit about t- today's slate. Hopefully, hopefully we get all six games today, but you never know, right? All the stuff that moves around in NBA, that's why in the morning here, we don't talk that much about picks, right? Who to play, what type of lineups to play tonight? Because information comes out throughout the course of the day, right? Yesterday at this time, would we ever be talking about Jared Allen? No, we wouldn't. Would we be talking about LaMelo Ball? Not really, right? But then news happens and everything changes. So the strategies that that we would talk about on today's slate now may not exist seven hours from now. So that's why asking your questions in the YouTube chat is always preferable. I'm, I'm here all the time. If you, if, if you have a question about strategy, type it in the YouTube chat. Hit that thumbs up button. We like the thummy thumbs here. Keep my apple juice cold. Here in the morning, we got Card Fan here. We got Jake Lazarus, DJ A Dog 3K, Hog Lawrence, Corey Wilson. We got everyone in the chat. Hit the thumbs up button, the subscribe button, the notification bell to know when we go live. We got uh, Devin in the chat also. Our f- fabulous multitasking producer here talking about the, the refunds from yesterday. Yeah, they'll process it at some point. That's the best of both worlds, right? They'll make you whole. Whenever the sites say that, you know, even though technically according to the according to the terms and conditions and the rules, if a game gets canceled, then you're, you know, you're out of luck. That's just, that's what happens. Uh, but uh, but a lot of people get angry. So they decide to bend that rule every so often and say, hey, if you rostered a player from the late game that got canceled 10 minutes before tip-off, uh, we'll make you whole. So if you lost a little money, we'll, we'll, we'll get you back up to that even point. If you won money, great. Keep the money. You won the money. Okay. Yesterday was a, it, it's not like the game was canceled and then you could like move to someone else. It's like, that was the last game on the slate, right? That was, there, there's no, there's no, well, what am I going to do with Will Barton and Monty Morris and, and Jokic in my lineup? There's no, I, there's no pivots. There's no nothing. There's no, there's no other games happening. It's the last game on the slate. It's not like they even canceled it before the 8.30 game, so you get like Memphis or San Antonio players into your lineup. It's just like, nope, nope. It was like 8.50 Eastern. Like you saw the, the, the tweet with the no one on the court and it's 10 minutes to go and like, what's going on? And then you got Shams comes in, says there's no game. And then everyone goes, oh my God. But I, I did well yesterday. I did well yesterday, even with the zeros, right? Because a lot of people had Barton, right? I did very well yesterday for, for cash. We're up to, we're at an all time high people. The cash game spreadsheet, the bankroll tracker. You could find it theory of DFS.tracker.com. I share this publicly. We had a very good day. All cross all swept all three sites, right? Nice 85% return, 88% return, 87% return. So it's like another 2,500 bucks into the bankroll right there. We're at an all time high. It's not, it's not like GameStop. See GameStop would be down here, right? AMC, they're they're going they're going to zero. It looks like today at least. Uh, but no, we're we're up we're up here now. Uh, it was primarily uh, due to uh, uh, playing Cody Zeller uh, instead of Javale McGee. So, so that 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 worked out. A lot of people yesterday played uh, Allen and McGee together in cash games, which which I get. Okay, get all the Cavaliers center minutes, but McGee didn't play as many minutes as people thought he was going to play. Allen played. Allen played, I think, like 35, 36 minutes, and McGee only played like 12. So so playing Zeller with Rozier out, I mean, Zeller, Zeller had a great game, and uh, and he was cheap enough. He was 5,300. They still haven't priced him up enough. So instead of going all the way down for McGee, I played Zeller. The difference, you know, 44 points for Zeller. McGee only had like 11. And then, you know, people played Lou Dort, and Lou Dort had a snowflake, so that – kind of on, on all three sides, playing playing Zeller on FanDuel instead of Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes got into foul trouble. I also, you know, kind of thought that, you know, his his projection was quite fragile because they could have easily just played uh, Zion at the five against Sacramento. They ended up, play, obviously, Willie Hernan Gomez played a bunch because uh, Hayes was in foul trouble. 
But uh, that that's that's what fragile projections are. It's just like, okay, Hayes is going to start, but who knows? Same for McGee. Is Allen and McGee going to split minutes? Are they going to, is it going to be 28, uh, 20, you know, type of minutes? No, it was pretty much Allen. Allen rolled most of the game. So, uh, so that, that, that was, those cash streams yesterday. So we're up to all time high, all time high way to go. Hit the thumbs up on the thummy thumbs for the whole, for the, for the, for the all time high. I'm looking in the, in the, in the chat. People are, people are still talking about the refunds. People are still talking about the refunds. Yeah, I had a bunch of Bar- Barton. I had a bunch of Morris. I had one lineup with Jokic, right? But I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get that back. All, all the, the the entries that had that people in in that I didn't that I didn't get to the cash line. It's a free roll. It's a free roll at that point. Who cares? I yesterday. I had, yeah, I, I I'm looking at my sheet right now. I had Morris in two lineups, Barton in four, Jokic in one, and that's out of like what like six lineups that I played yesterday. So, but even with the Barton zero, I mean, like I, I was in the 250 GPP on uh, DraftKings, still, still like three X my money, three X in the 250, even with the Barton zero, only because he was high owned. All, the, all the, these Morris and Barton, you know, had good enough ownership. So, so I mean, you you could have gotten there if you got if you hey, if you didn't play a guy from the late game and you still didn't get there, well, maybe you need to reassess yourself. Maybe maybe you need to reassess your play. Had you not get there. Right? How'd you not get there with a 52% Will Barton being a zero and you not having him and you still didn't get enough points? I have no idea. I have no idea. Kai Roach says, wow, I chose the wrong night to win. I could have got my fees refunded. Wouldn't you rather win though? Who cares? It's either win or, or automatically get refunded. It's not a low losing day. So you'd rather win. I made like three thousand yesterday. I'm, 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 I'd rather that than just like, oh, I, I wish today was the losing day. No, I'm going to take my money and run. I'm going to take my money and run. But we saw yesterday in a large field GPPs. I'm looking at the excellent eights, the excellent eights, uh, 150 max contest. We can see a wide, wide variety of the strategies that uh, some top players employed. I mean, I, I always I had to throw uh, throw Forsaken up here because he's the only one that went with me with the Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller would have been much more chalkier had Drummond played because Drummond projected well also. So like Drummond would have been chalk. But then once Drummond comes out and Allen is chalky and then McGee gets ownership, it's like Zeller just goes, to, well, why am I playing a $5,300 center at that point? But like before that, Zeller would have been owned. That's why I'm shocked that he was only 11% owned. And a lot of the top players didn't play him except for Forsaken. So I had to throw him up there. This is one of those types of things. Sometimes the guy that's like too, like early in the day, I was like, okay, maybe I don't play Cody Zeller in my lineups. What's his upside, right? You think of that. Then Rogier got ruled out and then Drummond got ruled out. I'm like, well, earlier in the day, I'm like, Cody Zeller is going to be like 30% owned. And maybe, maybe I fade that. Well, then later in the day, that he ends up being barely owned, right? Then he, the ownership was down because there are other options that are better. So sometimes the early chalk becomes the, the later leverage play. So that, that's what I did. I played Zeller and Forsaken did also. But we see here about Jared Allen. I mean, pretty much across the board. I mean, we see uh, Anil P. Rao, 88 little under on him, but I mean, I'm going to assume, yeah, he had McGee. So what, what, what I noticed here, which is something that I did not do in my lineups. I get it. I, from a projection standpoint, playing Allen and McGee together is still fine. You're spending what he would have been. What's 3,100 plus 5,500. So talk about 8,600 on basically 48 minutes from the Cavs center position. But really, in, in, in all reality, I, I have to think even JaVale McGee at 3,100, I'm going to need like 25 plus points from him to win a GPP on a 10-game slate, which turned out to be a nine-game slate. So how much does McGee's ceiling eat into Allen's ceiling? Because at 5,500, I'm going to need 35 to 40 points to win a GPP or something like that. Seven, eight X is somewhere in that range. So should you have played Allen and McGee together? 
Well, a lot of people did. The Colts, because he had 80%, 86% Allen, 48% McGee. So they had to have overlapped in plenty of lineups. Utakau, same thing. Hishbu, same thing. E. Hafner, a little, but less, less McGee, but still had some overlap. Tinky Tyler, still some overlap. But then we get into like Mr. Good Seats, McGee 25, 70, 70, 75, 25. So that's like an even split. So I'm assuming Mr. Good Seats did not play Allen and McGee together. Anil, Anil Prow, Prow, Anil P. Rao. Didn't probably didn't play them together either. 51%, 44%. Even Petty Theft. Petty Theft just went 98%, 1%. So to me, I question. I question personally, on a on a on a ten <laughs> on a ten game slate, <coughs> playing them both together. This was a three game slate. Sure, okay. How many options are there? You could take on the negative correlation a little bit more. I know that McGee was cheap enough that yes, they both could have gotten there. But on a on a ten game slate, I think I think there were better constructions. Personally, not all the top players did. I'm just saying. I just notice. Some did and some didn't. But the way that I built, I built my six lineups. I didn't, I didn't play them together. I played McGee. I think I played McGee in two and Allen in four or something like that. But I take a look at this and like, how about, how did people uh, handle LaMilla Ball? What were their constructions? Like Mr. Goodseat just said, screw it. I'm not going to have any of them. Right? Utica, I'm not going to have any of them. I'm going to play the other ball instead. It's not like he did all that great. I mean, 30, I guess, for his price wasn't that bad. But you take a look at where they got leverage. I played a, I played a bunch of John Wall. I played John Wall. Like, if I needed to fit in Dort into, like, some of my shooting guard and small forward spots, like, why don't I play a rocket on the other side? So I played some Shy, right? He didn't get there, but whatever. So I played Shy, Baisley, Dort and then played wall with them. So wall was like the pivot off of like LaMelo ball. And instead of LaMelo ball in lineups, I would play Zeller or Hayward. Now Hayward didn't get there. Now Malik Bunk got there. Like LaMelo ball foul trouble and being thin at guard with Rozier out. Monk was a very high variance play that uh, Tinky Tyler had a bunch of, right? Well, that's white side monk monk right here, but not many others, right? 29. So Anil Prow had a bunch, but just understand that that's, that's a high variance play. Like monk could have easily just gotten 12 points. If Lamella ball plays well, doesn't get into foul trouble, but I get it. I get the, I, I get, I get why, why, why Malik monk at 3,300. And also it's a little bit of leverage off of Monty Morris who wasn't all that owned either. So that didn't even get that much leverage. I thought the cheap guard that was going to be owned more was Monty Morris with Gary Harris out and Monty Morris starting. Doesn't, to me, I, Monty Morris in the starting lineup is not, it's not that huge of an upgrade. His usage will go down. But I think, you know, if you needed a cheap piece, it was Monty Morris. But I, but I, I understand the Malik Monk. I didn't have him, but I understand it. And the payup option was was Giannis, who dudded. Everyone else on his team, right? Bordas did well. I mean, they blew him out. So, whatever. But they blew him out through Middleton and Holiday and DiVincenzo. And Giannis only had 33.5 points. Zion, another one. I built him. I built a lot of Ball, Williamson, Halliburton type lineups, right? A two plus one on the, the Kings-Pelicans game. And the same thing with the Cavs. Like I played Prince, Sexton, Osman. I'm surprised Osman was was as low owned as, as he was. I mean, a lot of people did not have him. See, we have only like most of some of these are zeros, barely any. Torian Prince, I get. Okay, I get. He's starting. See, that's the difference. 17% for Prince. Osman, 10%. But I mean, really, in all reality, they were going to play about the same amount of minutes. And Osmond was going to play with the second unit more often, so he would get more and more usage. 
Well, sometimes just because a guy is starting doesn't make him that great, much better of a play, of course, but Prince was cheap. So yeah, I get it. Then he had Sexton and he really didn't get there at 17%. People still got on the Maladon bandwagon. I don't know why. They priced it. They started to price him up. I was more likely to play Baisley. We had plenty of, of guards to play. Like the weak position yesterday was more like power forward, right? I mean, we had Prince in the cheap option. We had Zion. You, had, you filled it with Giannis because what you get the raw points there. But we had guards to play. You could play both the balls, Halliburton, Dord in the shooting guard spot, all the Sexton, Monty Morris, Shy, John Morant, uh, Deontay Murray. Where's he? He's somewhere around here. Yeah, here you go. 7%. That's pretty low for him. But you can see the types of constructions that people did. Now, it doesn't mean any of these guys got there. I mean, with Will Barton's 27% owned and still in a bunch of these lineups, right? Jokic, still not much. Now, most, most, most of these guys here decided not to go for the high price center. I did it in one lineup. I get it. But that was the easiest place to get leverage. You knew Allen was going to be super chalk. You knew you knew Allen, Ball, and Giannis were going to be super chalk. Like that construction. And in that construction, you needed a Will Barton or a Lou Dort in your, in your shooting guard or small forward spot. Like this was kind of the chalk construction. So how do you get off of that construction? It doesn't mean you, you fade everyone. Just means that you find a different way. Instead of paying up at one spot, go balanced. Right? So you don't have to play a JaVale McGee. So you don't have to play a Monty Morris. And that's why I had Zeller in lineups, because that balanced construction. You could play Zeller and Allen together. And now you don't have to dive into, you know, the 4K range for any. I mean, Barton was the cheapest guy in my lineup. Right? 4,800. Gets a zero because the game doesn't play. But let's look in the YouTube chat. You're more you're more than welcome to type in your questions, your QQs into YouTube chat. I will answer them. The podcast people that are listening to me later. Hey, podcast people. How you doing? Rate and review the podcast on iTunes. But you got to show up live. The, the, the live people are the ones we, we, we talk about whatever. Sometimes we go off on tangents. This is it's it's teaching time in the morning. So if, they, if you got questions, I got answers. DJA Dog 3K says, I don't even play NBA DFS, but I like the general strategy talk in the show. It's so valuable. I tune in. Okay. Yeah, it, this, this type of stuff applies to any sport. So it's not just NBA. There are nuances of NBA as far as the balance of projection, leverage, and correlation that are different from other sports. We don't talk that much about correlation in NBA because it's weak. But still, the concepts still apply. Seb G167 asks or says or something. I don't know. Let me read it. Hi, Jordan. When building GPP lineups, do you start with a leverage point and then maximize projection or start with a core and then different, get different in the other spots? Either way. You could do it either way. I'm mostly looking at lineups. I mean, I'll show, I'll show you in a little bit for, the, for this slate. I don't start with anything. I start with, let's see what the, let's see what the optimal lineups look like. Right. Let's see what let's see what they and then start going. Well, if I don't play this guy, what does it look like? If I don't play that guy, what does it look like? If I try to play these two together, what does it look like? And then compare the projection and the ownership of those lineups to each other. So I'm not really starting from either place. Right. I'm starting from this. Like, well, we'll do this exercise for for today. Right. This is our let, let's re, let's refresh just to see if uh, updated projections. These are going to change, obviously. 1109. Okay, we got some fresh ones. This is DraftKings. 1109 projections. Obviously, you could get lineup HQ. You could get these projections, the premium NBA projections. Meansy, Noto, Tuttle, SBK, Jamino, Allen, Bob Reeves. They're on the team. I think they're the best projection team in the industry. 
You get them all. Get them all in your pocket, all in lineup HQ. Signing up to premium. Get $10 off your first month. Click on the link in the description. Sign up. Join me. I'm always in the Discord, the Roto-Grinders Discord. You get that also. You get everything. You can get just NBA, single sport, or you can get the combo for all the sports, except for NASCAR. Stevie has his NASCAR package out. That came out yesterday, right? I've never played NASCAR DFS. But all, all, all I know from anyone that does is that essentially Steve, Stevie is the gold standard of NBA of, uh, of NASCAR DFS content. Like, essentially. I mean, like, he literally goes to the race. He's like in the pits. I mean, sometimes I used to, I recorded the morning grind and he's down in Florida. He's like, I just got back from the track at four in the morning or something. So it's like, so it's like, dude, you not only do you like know NASCAR, like you're, you're there, like you're talking to pit crews and stuff. So, so if you want to pick that up, go get the, the NASCAR package. I don't play NASCAR, so I don't know, but uh, apparently, apparently, apparently everyone loves it. So go check that out also. But this is what I do. So I look in the morning, like I haven't looked at anything. I barely know who's playing, right? I made a dubby lineup last night. That's about all I know, right? I make it so I can enter contests. So now I'm just looking at projections. Oh, Vooch, yeah, because we have Aaron Gordon out. So Vooch is going to project and he's down to 8.2K. So he's going to be chalk, right? You're going to look at this, right? So I'm going to have just default, nothing, whatever. I'm going to build, let's say 50 lineups. Let's make it even time for, for time purposes. Let's make it 40 lineups. They get rid of this max ownership there. We're just going to build 40 lineups just to see what they look like based on our projections. What would the optimal look like? The optimal would be this. Nassier Little, oh, okay. 281, right? We don't have ownership yet, so I, we could just go by projection. I'm just looking at what these lineups look like. In 40 lineups, you get a lot of Vooch, you get a lot of Cole Anthony, get a lot of Nassier Little. Is he going to start? What? I mean, I know they, they blew him out, but I mean, really? It was 11 for 18 yesterday, five threes. Yeah, but he that barely plays. I don't know. That, uh, that They'll probably adjust that. Jalen Brown, because we have Marcus Smart out. Eric Pascal, because we have uh, Wiseman's out. So I'm assuming Looney gets the start, but Pascal will play more minutes. Gary Clark, because Aaron Gordon's out. Uh, the Pacers seem to be maybe slightly underpriced against the, against the Grizzlies. Sabonis is under 9K. Brogdon's under 8K. Get some Jeremy Lamb for the small forward spot. Yeah, I'm assuming we get little because small forward is weak. I'm assuming that's why we got Pascal there. Gary Clark. Ugh. Have to play Gary Clark. Uh-oh. So I'm just, that's what I'm looking at. So like, I don't start from anything. I start from looking at lineups. Who fits in these lineups? So let's say, for instance, I want to get leverage. I get leverage by just not playing Vooch, right? That's, that's an option, right? So I X him out just to see. So that this top lineup is 281. So I'm going to build 40 lineups without Vooch. Let's see what they look like. I don't know. Okay. So we're down. Oh, we have to sacrifice a lot. We're down to 274. But then we get negatively correlated players with them. You get Fournier, right? Cole, Anthony Fournier. You still get a bunch of little, little in there. Gary Clark. Ugh. Uh, but this is what these look like. So it's like in order, if, if I fade Vooch, I'm going to have to sacrifice about seven points, which may be fine in large field GPP. Maybe not in single entry. Maybe not. Right. Well, so we'll see later in the day. If we get another decent enough value, maybe there's there's a, there's an option uh, to go to go without Vooch. But let's say we bring. Let's say right now we get a whole bunch of Jalen Brown. So maybe we X him out and we bring back Vooch. Maybe we don't play Cole Anthony. So right, there's maybe I I don't even want to play Nasir Little. Right, get out of there. And Gary Clark, screw him also. So maybe we don't mind. We don't mind Brown. But I don't want to play Little, Clark, Melton, get rid of Melton. Something like this. Maybe we don't play Cole Anthony and Booch together. So take him out also. And then you run 40 lineups. Or whatever, whatever amount, whatever. Top one here is 281. Without that is 276, okay. About five points. Get Van Vliet, Fournier, Vooch, Lamb, Pascal, Looney. Get Pascal and Looney together. 
that may not be the best best of choices. Right, so you're taking a look at this and like, okay, maybe, maybe just take a look because we're getting a lot of like two guys from the same team, right? Maybe, maybe you don't, maybe you don't do that. Maybe let's see if we just limit that, just all the way down to one, just to see. It doesn't mean I'm going to be doing these are the lineups that I'm playing. I'm just researching. So go. So that this will automatically make it so that you don't get two magic together, you don't get Sabonis and Brogdon together, stuff like that. Okay, now we're down to 274. Let me get some Garrison Matthews, Vooch, Clarkston. I mean, you probably don't want to play Matthews. Start looking at lineups here. 274. So this is even with Vooch. So you could have Vooch lineups that actually give up seven points in median, but you're basically you're fading the other players. So you understand what that means. That means like we saw... The non-Vooch lineups sacrifice seven points. And the Vooch lineups could also sacrifice seven points. So that means that you you those lineups are mathematically equivalent to one another, assuming they're owned the same. So you could have a chalk Vooch. And as long as you get different elsewhere, you have you'll have the same projection and similar ownership. Assuming, assuming similar ownership. We don't have projected ownership currently. So this is what I mean by lineups, not players. So do you play Vooch or do you not play Vooch? I don't know, either. Whichever one you want. But that also means you're not playing Cole Anthony or Gary Clark or Little or Melton. I'm assuming this little projection is going to come down. What is he projected? That he's small forward that week? 25 minutes? Is he really going to play 25 minutes? We'll see. That may come down. Uh, that may eventually come down throughout the time. I don't know. I'm questioning it now. I don't know. I know he played a bunch of garbage time yesterday. And when shot, there's, you know, shot every, every shot went in. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm questioning, I'm questioning if 25 minutes that that is, is going to be true. Uh, we'll see. But that's why you sign up for premium. And you see the projections will change. But that's my approach. That's how I do research. What do these lineups look like? But of course, as projections change, as news happens, I mean, this whole thing, you have to do this again at five o'clock. You have to do, you know, you have to look again. So I'm just getting a sense of the slates. Like I, I could just like do this in the morning and go, okay, just to get a sense of what's going on. Who's going to be under-owned because of this, right? Because then you run all those lineups and you go, who's not in it? And you see, it's like, oh, no one's going to play blank Kawhi or something, whoever, I don't know. And you could get, you could pretty much guess what the ownership's going to be at that point. And then maybe you try to make lineups with the guy that's not in any of the lineups, right? You look through, you look through your lineups and you go, I don't see much of X. And you go, well, lock that guy in and run lineups and see if they come out decently enough projected in comparison and owned in comparison. They could go, okay, maybe, maybe I do. If, if Kawhi is going to come in at 5%, maybe I can make some Kawhi lineups. You're just looking for the possibilities. Lineup HQ does not have to be used as a tool to build multi-entry lineups that you're going to export the CSV and add into FanDuel or DraftKings or whatever. It can be used as a research tool. You could upload your own projections. Let's say you have your own projections. You, there you go. You upload them there and you can do the same exact thing. Lineup HQ is just a tool. It's just a big. It's a big fancy calculator. So even if you want, hey, even if you don't have your own projections, let's say we go to Little and we go, I don't think he's going to get 20, 25 minutes. He's going to get 21 minutes. And there, there's, his number will come down. And then you start building from there. If you disagree with the minutes projections, you take four off from Little and give four more to whoever. Covington, I know DJJ is out. You could allocate the minutes. Do that. You can do it if you want. These aren't the be-all, end-all. I trust the projections team. But if you want to change anything, feel free to change it. Sherman, Dereal, yeah, we always get this question. How do you see the DFS player percentages on FanDuel? Uh, you can't. <laughs> Complain to FanDuel. FanDuel doesn't have uh, uh, publicly downloadable CSVs for the contest, so uh, we can't have them in results DB. DraftKings does. DraftKings is more transparent that way. So that's that's the reason 
that we have them on DraftKings and not on FanDuel. Huddy says, Huddy, Huddy, where, where, where did that go? Let's see. I always scroll and then it just skips on me. If you had eight players that finished in a game that wasn't canceled or a blowout, you cashed. And then some with ease last night. Not necessarily. I saw some people complaining that they didn't. <laughs> I saw some people that I didn't play any part of the last game. Uh, and I still didn't cash. So like, I don't know. I don't know who the hell you played. I've, I've no idea, but, uh, but you got your money back. So I don't know. Did you, if you didn't roster a player in a lineup, did you, did you just, did they just say, they just give you the middle finger? I don't know. I'm not sure. Let's see. Will Prophet asks, what positions do you try to set rules against having players that play together from one team or in a game stack? There's, there's no set rules. It depends on the player's prices. That's why I said earlier, playing Allen and McGee are negatively correlated. They're never going to share the court together. One comes out for one another. They're naturally, minutes-wise, they're negatively correlated. But but Allen is 1,000, 1,500 underpriced, and McGee is 1,000 underpriced. Like, they could still both get there, even though they're never going to share the court together. Allen could play 30 minutes, and can get 35, 40 points. And McGee could play 18 minutes and get 25 points and you'd need both of them. So it really depends on the salary. If let's say yes, last night, Allen was 6,800 and McGee was 4,500. Then you wouldn't play them together. Because now, now they're much more efficiently priced and the likelihood of them both getting there with them being negatively correlated to minutes is going to be way lower. doesn't mean it can't happen, but it's much less probable at their prices. So it's not necessarily the positions. It's a lot about the salaries. When players are efficiently priced, I tend not to like play centers against one another. Like front court players against one another, they're always fighting over for rebounds, typically foul each other. So I, I try to avoid that if they're efficiently priced. If they're not, if they're cheap, then who cares, right? I don't mind playing two centers against each other if they're both 2,000 underpriced. I don't care at that point, right? It doesn't matter to me. But even that correlation, that negative correlation to like rebounds and fouls is still very weak. We're still not, we're not talking about strong positive correlations here. These are very weak correlations in NBA. So don't let it be like the forefront of your strategy. That's like the tiebreaker type of stuff. Of like, oh, I could build the lineup. Uh, you know, I'm taking a look at today's slate and uh, uh, I could play, uh, let's see, uh, uh, Tillman and Turner, <coughs> right? In the Memphis, Indiana game. And you're, you're, already, you're already playing Tillman and you have 7,200 left and you're in your utility spot. Well, you could play Turner. I mean, he's opposite him. That's perfectly fine. But if, if you have a choice of not playing a, another seven, play Gobert instead, right? At 72 at the same price. You already have Tillman in your lineup and you need 7,200. You play Gobert, who's a center in another game. So it's like, it's a tiebreaker. Not necessarily something I even put into player groups. Now, if I'm getting too much of that, maybe I do, but it's not something, I don't like every slate go in and make a group of the two centers opposite each other in a group. If, if it comes out that way, it comes out that way. But it really depends on price. Uh, let's see. Let's see, going through. Jupacalypse says, the concepts on this show can be done with zero reference to sports. It's probability theory. That's right. That, that's what this is. That's why you can go. If, you, if you'd like to learn about all of this, all the, this is, I'm, I'm pretty much going over the applications of the theory of daily fantasy sports. It's a 15-hour audio masterclass. It's me teaching you how to play probability essentially probability theory just overlaid onto dfs so it applies to any sport so that's why there's, there's no nfl chapter and mlb there's no chapters of each sport it's these are the concepts and you you apply them to everything that's the focus of what this show is so if you want if you want a 15 hour resource guide me in your pocket you can listen to me anytime structure it's structured education so like it's structured in a way 
where instead of picking pieces, you could listen, you could listen and watch this show in the morning, five days a week and get pieces of this all and then piece it all together. And you got everything. But if you all want it in one place, you go get this theory of DFS.com. And, uh, and, and, and thank, thank, thanks for the purchase. Thanks for the good words. But this is what it all comes down to. Kingsley Gah says, Blender 316 says, given the most likely outcomes, how do I make the most unique like lineups with the best win equity? Okay, that doesn't rhyme or something. I thought that would be a little bit more. It doesn't feel like much prose or poem. I don't know. Let's see. John Given says, just watch the NBA videos I did for Roto Academy. Definitely found them helpful. Yes. Roto Academy. We got videos in premium. I go through the entire lineup. HQ Process, me, Brit, Squirrel Patrol. We got a whole bunch of, we got a whole bunch of videos. That timeless videos of how to, how to do everything. So sign up to premium. You get that. If you, even if it's for one month. Sign up, try it out, watch everything, and then cancel. Fine, you can do that. You can do that if you want. Braden Beth asks, I have watched your Roto Academy MME show, but let me ask you, when you're creating your original player pool, how many max from one team are you willing to originally select? And is it strictly based on point per dollar? I'm I'm trying to play uh, the highest projected players that I can, but I still need to find leverage somewhere. So like I, most of the time, I'm not playing the garbage players. Like I'm not playing, I'm not going to have Alex Len in my player pool, Right. I'm going to go, I'm going to look at the smash percentage. I'm going to do something like this, right? I'll show you, okay? I'm going to exclude everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're going, okay? I'm going to exclude everyone. Then I'm going to go team by team. This is how I have to determine what my groups are. So sorting by smash percent, depending on the size of the slate, it's a six-game slate. Maybe look at this and I go, okay, Van Vliet, Lowry, Siakam. Okay, those are the best plays from here. There you go. Give me those. Orlando. It looks like we could go all the way down to like Gary Clark for now. Give me those guys. Clippers. Batum always uh, 4.93. We may need a small forward, but who knows? Let's give George and Kawhi. Give me Irving right there. Go to Memphis. Give me Melton. Melton, I guess. Melton, sure. Give me Melton. So let's just say everyone over 20. Just for now. I go to Portland. Bing, bong, bing. Even Nasir Little is in. Right? Because I don't have ownership, so I have, no, I have nothing to judge it by. Garrison Matthews, why Why is, Why does he have a 21% smash? Why? Okay. Just trust the projections. Just trust the projections. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you're just like, I'm not even going to ask. I'm not even going to ask why. Not even going to ask. Uh, let's get Looney, Pascal. Like, see, I'm just putting in all the all the all the, the players that I have more than for now, right? I'll go through this. So now I have to check like salaries and positions. So point guards. I have 33 guys in my pool, so that should be enough. Let's get them all up. Okay, point guard. Oh, we have plenty of point guards. Plan. We got shooting guards, small forwards. So I always have to worry about small forwards here we got small forwards we got some cheap we got little we got some cheap guys in here power forward okay a little bit less we still got some cheapies in here that's fine center oh center doing well we got we got plenty right obviously you don't want to play like birch and vooch together i mean some of this type of stuff so there you go there's there's the now now you build 40 lineups i mean it's going to come up with the same lineups because all these guys are going to it's the same people right Oh, because I have the build rules. Okay, let me set this back up to update max over there. Build. I'm mean, gonna get the same lineup. I mean, anyone with that high of a smash percentage are gonna be in. Yeah, here we go. It's the same. It's exactly the lineup from before, right? Anthony Melton, Lil Sabonis, Vucevic, Brogdon, Pascal, Tatum. Right. But now I've curtailed all the garbage players, all the players that are projected too low to build lineups from. Now, if I turns out that I need someone that's in the excluded, let's say I need another small forward. 
I need, I need, I need to find a cheap power forward somewhere. And I'll go, I'll, then I'll go in and grab, oh, maybe I need to add uh, Bertans or Tillman. Maybe a shoot, maybe I need a cheap shooting guard. And I'm like looking like maybe Dylan Brooks goes in later. But I mean, I'm just building with the best projected players because these are, these are all poorly projected players in comparison to the slate. And then see what lineups come out this way. What lineups can I build? So it's not necessarily the entire player pool. So I'm not getting, you know, it has to jam in uh, Aaron Baines into a lineup when, do I need to? No, I could, I could choose to, but that's what I'm doing. I only want to work with the best pieces to begin with, at least. That if I see that the ownerships of my lineups are still too high, then I have to start dipping down into some of these less attractive pieces. We have to start from somewhere. But if you notice in all the things that I'm doing, I'm looking at lineups, not players. I didn't decide I want to play this guy or that guy. I have no clue why Little is projected like this. But if he's still projected like this seven hours from now, then that I'm, I trust the projection. So if that's the way it works out, that's the way it works out. Can I play lineups without Vooch in it? Well, I mean, not the first 40, I can't. So that's what I'm going through. I'm not picking players. I'm looking at lineups. I'm picking lineups. Do I want to play these two guys together? Maybe not. Set a group. Do I want to play? Do I want to play all three of these paces uh, together? Maybe not. Set a group. Do I want to play Anthony Clark and Vooch together? Maybe not. Set a group. So you set these groups and then you run lineups again and see what they look like. It's like, well, if I group these guys out and do this and X this guy out, now I'm getting a ton of X, another player. It's like, do I want that? Do I want to group those two people out? And then you, you work from there. All the sports stuff done is, is, is done with the project. Is the numbers are there already. Like I don't have to look at matchups or anything. I don't have to see what the lot, the totals are. It's all reflected in these numbers. So all I'm doing is working with numbers. I could, I could just, I could cover up this. I could take a, I could take a piece of paper and tape it to my monitor. And don't even tell me what the names are. Doesn't matter. I'm making little stock portfolios of numbers. That's it. That's why the questions about players don't make any sense. CJ Samara asks, how many studs do you prefer having in your lineup in a GPP? There's no, no, there's no answer to that question. I prefer having eight of them. Yeah, I prefer having eight studs. That's what I prefer. You can't put eight studs in your lineup because it's only a 50,000 salary cap. I'd love, yes, I would love on this slate to play Lillard, Beal, Curry, Kawhi, Russell, to George Irving, Sabonis, Vooch. <laughs> I'd love to play that lineup. If, are you going to lend me the money so I could so I could play? I have a hundred twenty thousand dollars salary cap in my lap. No, okay, well then I can't. <laughs> so yeah, so that's why I talk about lineups and not players. Tay Boogie asks, does premium give access to all the tools I'm using? Yes, all the stuff you're looking at right now is available premium. Click on the link in the in the, in the description. Ten dollars off your first month. Let's see. Dan Jenning asks, do you do that throughout the day or do you normally start like an hour before? I, I mean, I obviously I want to get a sense of what the slate looks like in the morning, right? I'm on this show. I mean, this, this is what I would normally do. I mean, I, I say this, maybe you think it's facetious. Maybe you think I'm just making it up. Me looking through results DB and then doing this in lineup HQ, like I show on the pregame show that we're doing right now. This is what I literally do in the morning. This is what I do. Now I'm not talking to myself. I'm not talking to, you know, a fake, fake YouTube people. Right. But 11 o'clock in the morning, that's what I would typically do. Get my, get my apple juice, hit the thumbs up button. Keep that thing cold. Let me test it out. Tastes like thummy thumbs. Tastes like thummy thumbs. But this is exactly what I do. I'm showing you that this is, there's nothing that I'm not hiding anything. Let me go through results DB. Let me see what some people did. I saw my buddy Forsaken went with me on Zeller. I had to throw him up there. 
So go through all of that and then look at the slate. Then look at open up DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo, look all the sites that I play on and see what's going on tonight. I don't know what's going to be seven hours from now, but at least let me just get a sense. Okay, this guy's underpriced. Oh, Vooch is there. Oh, okay, Westbrook's there. <coughs> if nothing changes, this is kind of what lineups look like. Then you know what I do after that? Then, you know, watch some YouTube videos. I don't know. Record some other stuff. I mean, I have stuff to do throughout the day, right? Answering emails, right? Or just do nothing. Just watching Netflix. Who knows? So... This is exactly what I do, but there's no, I can't make any decisions right now. I'm not building any lineups. News could happen throughout the day that changes everything. So like, I'm just going to sit around and just ponder until about 5.30 Eastern when the injury, the final injury report comes out for the day. Then I could start making decisions. Then we get projections that the closer, we get ownership, we get stuff like that. Then I could start doing stuff. Let's see. Right, Rob B says, I just want to slate where all the info is in by 6.30. And that never happened. Right, not even then, right? Sometimes it's, it's after lock. So people are making lineups at 11 in the morning. I mean, what do you, what do you, I mean, come on. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see, going through. People are talking about groups in the YouTube chat. It's when when two players are efficiently priced and you don't think they could hit their ceilings together because they take away. Like I typically wouldn't play Beal and Westbrook together on a medium to large size slate at their prices. I think Westbrook is probably a little underpriced today, but not so underpriced that I probably wouldn't play Westbrook and Beal together. I probably wouldn't play Paul George and Kawhi Leonard together. I want one of them to have 70 points and the other to have 30. It's very rare that both of them will put up 65 and both be in the winning lineup. So that's what I'm grouping out. Let's see. Brandon Verm, are there any instances where you do not trust the projections? No. I may not trust an input. I think it's better... The minutes are input. The minutes and usage behind the scenes, those are inputs. So sometimes I could question, but that's what our projection team does. That's why I said with the Nasir Little, I look at Nasir Little and I go, 25 minutes? Am I missing something? I'm, it's more likely, let me close this. It's more likely that these guys know way more about basketball than I do. I admit that. I'm a numbers person. So if they, if they think that that's the proper allocation of minutes, then who am I, who am I, what am I supposed to say? Maybe it turns out that this ends up, they talk amongst themselves because it's very early in the morning. Typically there's, there's one dude that's putting in, you know, just in general type of stuff in the morning. So maybe by the end of the day, that ends up being 21 and Nassia Little isn't showing up in lineups anymore. They give minutes to someone else, but I don't know. But my natural inclination is why does he have 25? Okay. But I don't know. They know. These guys know. I'm relying on those guys to know. I just need to make good lineups with their knowledge. of, And then their knowledge turns into these numbers. And then I just have to make plus EV lineups from there. So, so I'm not the model I'm trusting. But I may look at some of these. You know, is is Brogdon going to play 37 minutes? Maybe it's more closer to 35. I mean, like like that type of stuff. Sure. You could question that. Then if you really want, and then you could change it if you want. If you want. You take off one minute for Van Van Fred Van Leet, his projection comes down by a point or so. So you can if you want to do that. But they're these guys, Meansy and Tuttle and Noto and those guys, they're more likely to be accurate on minutes allocation than I am. So when in doubt, I'm, I'm just going to default to whatever they think. Whatever they think is fine. It's fine with me. I just have to build lineups.
Eric Smith says, I generally agree with you and use my projections constantly, but there are times I ignore them and go with my gut. Do you understand that? Or do you think that's dumb? I personally think it's dumb. What's the, what is the gut, gut of what? Gut of what? Why would I have an opinion on a player? I don't know. Gut on, I think I, Kyrie's going to have a good game today. How do you know? How do you know any of this? I don't even, I don't spend any time in my head whatsoever predicting an outcome for tonight. None. Zero. Kyrie could have a good day. Could I, I don't I don't even bother. It's a waste of time. You have his range of outcomes. 30 to 59. You're done. It's it. If does it happen today? Does it happen tomorrow? Who knows? Who cares? To me, it's a waste of time to even think about it. So there's no gut. To me, there's no gut. If anything, you're using your gut on ownership. Sometimes you look at ownership and go, I know the way people think this guy's going to be way higher than this. Like that, that's different. So I'm not predicting an outcome of players. I can't predict what's going to happen on the court. I could predict how irrational DFS players are going to be. Recency bias, stuff like that. So even though mathematically, Jamino may run ownership, the hamsters on the hamster wheel going around, going around, and some number comes out and it's like, you know, 32%. And I look at that and I, you know, Reading the grind down, looking across the industry, I'm like, no, that's going to be more like 45%. I guess he'll be high owned, but he'll be way higher owned than what we currently have projected ownership. Like to me, that's that. Is that a gut thing or is that just experience? But I think that I'm, I'm much more likely to be able to accurately project ownership than I am to predict what's going to happen in one game of basketball. So I focus more on that. I focus more on if I can if I can nail ownership well and then leverage that and exploit that to make lineups that have a higher first place win equity than my opponents, then that's what I'm spending my time doing. Not worrying on who's going to do well tonight. Jalen Brown's going to have a good game. Who, who knows? I can't control any of that. So why should I bother even spending any time doing it? Anything else? Lemmy Bradley asked about, can you please go over how to effectively use the correlation tool? Um, can I just say it bluntly that I don't use it? The correlation tool is more geared towards like plays. Like, but you don't care about in, in NBA DFS, you don't care about assist to bucket type of plays. Yes. You know, you have a Harden and, and someone else and Harris are correlated point two or something if that like you never really even going to get correlations that that high but i mean you're going to be scoring 350 points over the course of a, of a slate so the, the oh wow the extra 0.2 correlation on three baskets in the nets game is going to be a grand total of what on three assists and four and a half points like that's it's not going to get you much the correlations are just too weak and you don't care about the play-by-play -play correlation. You care about ceiling correlations, which that tool doesn't do. It's not, it's not based on that. It's not based on if this guy has a huge game, does this other guy have a huge game? No, these are based on just do his points correlate to the other person's points? Like not in a ceiling perspective, just in general perspective. But you don't care about the medians. You don't care about the plays. So you can look at the tool if you want, but I don't. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll truthfully say that. I tell you what I do. I eat my own dog food. There's plenty of stuff on Roto Grinders that you could use. There's plenty of stuff that's valuable. There's plenty of stuff that I don't use that maybe I don't find as valuable. I'm going to tell you what it is. It doesn't have to be everything. We have consensus value rankings on Roto Grinders. I don't look at them. I have projections. I don't, I mean, do I, do I need to, does means you need to rank the top eight players for me? I could just, I could like literally go and buy RGV and find who are the top eight centers. Well, there you go. Here's the top eight centers, right? We even include, let me include everyone. Just, I mean, that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to go, oh, okay, well, what are the best ranked punk guards? Like I just sort by RGV, Lillard, Westbrook, Rodden, there, there you go. Done for you. 
But if you'd like to see our expert rankings, go and have fun. Look at them. I don't need to use them. I don't find them as valuable, but at least I'm just, I'll, I'll tell you that. If you need, if you want to use them, use them. I don't. I'd rather say that than just say, oh, I, I look at everything on Roto Grinders. I mean, I'm here and selling you on this stuff. $10 off your first month. No, I tell you what I use. Some people read the ground down. They need to, they need a little bit more security. Most of what Noto is saying in the grind down is reflected in the projections. But if you want to know the why, maybe somewhere, maybe I'm what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the grind down after this and see if he mentions Nasir Little. Why does he have a 25 minute project? It'll probably be in there. Like the why, but I mean, the answers are, are in the projections already. So do I need to know why? No. But if you need to know why, have fun. Read it. That's fine. Perfectly fine. Why is me the core plays from Meansy the core plays? You could read his article. You could also look at the tags in lineup HQ. You could also just look at the projections. Multiple ways to get to the same point. So if you're more comfortable reading content and listening to podcasts and looking at, uh, you know, metrics and stuff like that, feel free to do that. I'm trying to be as efficient as possible with my time, right? And not have as, any bias. So it's like, if the model is good to me, the numbers, that's all I, all I need is the numbers. But if you're not used to just looking at the numbers, I'm used to doing it this way. If you're new, if you're like, you don't understand what medians are, what ranges of outcomes are, how these numbers are calculated and how the model works, so you have some context on how you build lineups, then maybe maybe you read more. I get it for all different all different skill ranges. But if you ask me what I use, I'm going to tell you what I use and what I don't use. So like the correlation tool is something I do not use. I do not find it valuable. If you find it valuable, feel free to use it. Let's see. Anything else before we get out of here? Let's see. Okay. Christopher Halpin says, perhaps a remedial question, which is fine. If you notice, if you watch the show every day, you'll notice that like, I do answer the same questions very, very often. <laughs> okay, that's the point. That's the point of this show. I don't mind people that ask the same, people asking Similar questions. What we I covered last week or three days ago. I'm here five days a week, eleven o'clock in the morning, Eastern, for, to answer questions. So we get a we get a refresher. We get a refresher. Some people are new. Six months from now, I'll probably be answering the same question. It's perfectly fine. But how to start working with player pool exclusions when you start analyzing a slate? Didn't I just go over that before? I typically I'm not going to play poorly projected players. I mean, we need ownership. We need stuff like that in order to decide. But I just did it before. I'm going to try to not play players that are projected for nothing. DeLon Wright at 6K is projected for garbage in, in relation to his salary. So most likely I exclude him. Ken Bazemore, most likely done. These 0% smash guys, they're probably not going to be in my lineups. So get rid of them. Well, what happens if they do well? Well, then I lose. Okay. I'm going for the highest probability stuff possible. And then utilizing the high probability players to make unique lineups that other people don't have. That has enough leverage in them to win the GPP. But that doesn't mean you have to go all the way down and play garbage. John Conchar for no reason. Play George Nyang off the bench. You don't have to do that. You can play plenty of good lineups with like the top. I had 33 players in. You can play plenty of large field GPP lineups with just those 33 players. Now, do you want to play the chalkiest eight of them? No. But you could make you can make lineups even for 50,000 entry field contests with just the guys that are, have like a 20 plus percent smash rating percentage on this slate and win, and win 100 cows in a GPP. You can. 
You don't have to use the garbage players. So that's what I do first. I, 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 I don't consider the names. I just go through and I go, let me, let me just get rid of all the garbage and then start working on it. But I don't know who the, who the garbage is, right? Anyone that's under Kemba Walker, gone. 13% in comparison to the rest of the people on this slate. Durant, probably gone. 14%. And I just use the ones that, that, that are decent. Then if I need to include ones that have lower stuff, then I will. I let it decide. Like, it just, I, can Durant have a good game today? Sure, I guess he could. But in comparison to the rest of the, the, the player pool, he's, he's low on the board when it comes to uh, ceiling probability. So I'm just, I'm going to start out by not using him. But this is what I mean by using the numbers and then building lineups. And the players are just names on a spreadsheet. They're just, it's, who knows? It could be anyone. Doesn't matter to me. But this guy had a good game last game. Who cares? What do the numbers say? That's all I care about. Kai Roach says, sometimes I exclude players I think suck regardless of their projections. And usually that's Lou Williams. <laughs> you should, who cares if, what, what you think of it? Who cares what you think of the player? It just go by the numbers. Jim Steele says the definition of a good projection is 20 plus percent smash percentage. On this slate it is. We have certain slates where if, if you have anything, that's that's fine. It's in relation to everything else in the player pool. Everything is in relation to the players in the player pool. If we had on this slate 10 players with a smash percentage of 40 plus percent, like 28 would not even be good enough. Right? 28 I'd consider to eh, get out of here. Right? So it's all in relation. The ownership, the points, all these numbers are in relation to other players in the player pool. So there's no specific number. It just so happens, look, look how many players are over 20% smash. Like there's a lot, right? There's a lot in comparison. So like someone with a 14 or a 13, because there's so many that are over that. And probably 13 is too low for me currently. But I mean, we have slates where this goes down and by the time you get down to over here, you're already down to 15%. Well, at that point, then now, okay, then that's fine. Right, it's gonna be a lower scoring slate probably. So that's why everything is in relation. You don't think in terms of exact numbers. There's no such thing as an exact number in DFS. People waste so much time trying to find what is the exact settings that you use? What is the exact number? No, there are none. If there was, I would never do this show. Because I would never give you that answer. If there, if that was the correct answer and I had the secret easy button that if I just, I have the exact settings to put in every slate in order to win $100,000, I'd never do this show. I'd you'd never hear my name. You wouldn't even know who I was. I keep that a secret and just make all the money I possibly can. Because there is none. There's no exact number. It's all in relation to the slate. Every slate, it's always in relation to the slate. Well, on this slate, you could play these guys together. On that slate, you can't play these guys together. This slate, you could play these types of things. On that slate, you could. it's always going to be different. Literally, every slate is different. So you're always using these concepts to compare in relation to one another. Not as a hard, oh, do you always, what's the max do you play from one team? Well, there's no number on that either. There's no, six is the most. Yeah, they have the roster at least three teams in your lineup. And there are going to be scenarios where you could play six players from a team. There are going to be scenarios where you, where you can't play two players from a team together. Depends on the slate. Ben P says, been listening to your podcast for a few weeks now. Really enjoy your outlook on NBA DFS strategy or in, gen or, or in general or whatever. But if you want to listen to the podcast, you can listen to the show afterwards, after the fact. Go search for DFS pregame show on, uh, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. On your way out, hit that thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up. They me the thummy thumbs, the apple juice. Pretty cold, right? Pretty, pretty, yeah, kind of cold. Do that. And, uh, and we got a six-game slate tonight. Hopefully, maybe, maybe it's less. 
Maybe that maybe the Pistons, uh, Pistons, they say they're going to play. We never know. That's the late game. Oh, that's a 10 o'clock game also. Oh, maybe they cancel that. 10 minutes before, we're just rushing to throw the Warriors or Celtics players into the lineup. You never know. You never know with NBA what's going to happen tonight. So, uh, so until tomorrow, we'll go over tonight's slate tomorrow morning. We'll see what happened. So watch me then on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.